Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Justice for All, Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this show's about our rights and the laws that govern us. Some you've heard about, some you haven't, but all of them that are very important, you'd miss them if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government going from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Each year, more and more of our personal rights are erased from the books while we stand idly by, not because we don't care, but because we're busy enough trying to raise our family. Take care of business. Life goes on. But nevertheless, while we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperatures rising all around us, just like that frog who gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we point out and discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We'll take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around today. We'll be joined here in the studio by a San Antonio attorney, and we're going to learn something that's going on at the Texas Supreme Court. Stick around. You're going to hear this one. Let's get wet right away on this topic. Ladies and gentlemen, the current makeup of our Texas Supreme Court has been put in place by corporate interests to dole out victories to large corporations and to punish the hardworking innocent Texans who dare to challenge their actions. These decisions completely rip apart, devastate, and destroy the lives of our citizens every single day. It happens on Fridays. The Texas Supreme Court issues its opinions for the week, and we see what's happened. This wasteland will be felt by you and me, our neighbors, our kids, and our grandkids. And how can we be letting this happen? Well, because the billion-dollar propaganda machine of behind-the-scenes civil justice assassins is highly skilled, highly polished, and always, always at the at the ready, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, so convincing are these civil justice assassins that they manage to keep selling bottles of poison to us, and we think they're vitamins. We've talked on this show before about the completely ridiculous rulings from this Supreme Court in the last decade. We've talked about the fact that from 2004 to 2010, the Texas Supreme Court reversed 74% of jury verdicts between ordinary people and mega corporations. We've talked about the fact that this court has bastardized the law to such a degree that 150 years of precedent has been erased and law schools have had to throw their books away. We've talked about the fact that the law has been changed in Texas more radically in just the last 10 years than its entire history combined. We've talked about the fact that our current justices have absolutely uh, abominable records when it comes to pro-consumer scores, and at least four out of the nine justices currently serving on our Texas Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, have had ethics fines levied against them. In short, the Texas Supreme Court is simply trying to achieve a particular result in each case and is willing to bend the law however they like to get there. In doing so... The court has sullied its own name and has become more akin to a special interest lobbyist group, doling out victories to big corporations. We've seen it. We've talked about it. All at the expense of Texans. That isn't justice. That's not justice, ladies and gentlemen. And yet we keep electing them. Why? If you just tuned in, this is the Wyatt Wright Show. Justice for All, show where we talk about and point out the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Is it because Texans really and truly enjoy having their rights stripped and giving immunity to mega corporations to poison our water, build shoddy homes, and sell dangerous products? 
Is it because we enjoy paying increasing amounts for insurance that doesn't even cover what the policies promise? Or is it something else that's responsible for the continuing re-election of these masters of disaster? Coming around, uh, coming up, we're going to be checking in with the email bag to see what folks have to say to me. So stick around for that. Could it be, could it be, ladies and gentlemen, that by allowing the statewide election of judges, we've reached a point where only one voice can be heard? What I mean is that the massive advertising campaign budgets of these statewide justices can really only be supported by the huge money machines that the mega corporations have to offer. So the candidates are handpicked to serve corporate interests and they get elected. But where do the interests of common Texans fit in here? Well, very simply, they don't. If a candidate is picked and supported by a mega corporation to get elected, are we supposed to believe that when it comes time to vote on an issue that they won't be holden to that group? Of course they will be. That would be incredibly naive to think otherwise. In fact, one federal judge has commented on this and said that injecting such immense aggregations of wealth into the election process radically distorts the electoral landscape and went on to say that judges are acutely aware of where the money comes from and feels indebted as a result of that. Hmm. Well, why not? It's human nature. We expect this to happen without appropriate checks and balances. Today, we are going to the mailbag. Well, today we've got an email from George in San Antonio who writes, I'm now a supporter of Texas Watch. Uh, after I heard them on your show, I spent an hour on their website and was really surprised at all the crazy laws and decisions that have been happening in Texas. How can we never know about these? Anyway, I hope more people will take the time to learn what's happening to our beautiful state. Thanks for the show. You bet, George. This is exactly what happens, and you're right about the laws getting little attention. The reason is that the mainstream media generally focuses on stories of the day, not necessarily stories of the year. And unless you're in the business of watching this happen and watching government, it can be tough to spot these until a real problem creeps up. But thanks to group like, groups like Texas Watch and others, there is a way to follow these things. Many or, or other organizations are also doing a fantastic job in this fight, George. Log on to WyattWrightShow.com and take a look at the links and see what some of the other folks are doing out there. But ladies and gentlemen, can it all really go wrong? Can it go wrong? Consider this case from West Virginia. A coal mining corporation was found liable for fraud and ordered to pay a large judgment. Knowing that the case was on appeal, that corporation contributed $3 million to the campaign of a friendly candidate for the West Virginia Supreme Court. He won, and not surprisingly, would not recuse himself from the appeal of the very case that was at issue. Really? Why not do that? Why not recuse yourself? Because it has become commonplace to openly accept campaign funds and be beholden to the interests that put you in office. We see that happening here. In that case, the U.S. Supreme Court said that doesn't work. That justice needs to recuse himself. But where do we draw the line? We're talking about Texas, ladies and gentlemen, and to help us tackle this issue today, we have a guest in studio. Joining us is Michelle Petty currently a candidate for the Texas Supreme Court. Ms. Petty is an attorney who's been board certified in civil trial law since 1993. Ms. Petty is a top graduate of Baylor Law School and is known for representing victims of child molestation, sexual assault, and sexual harassment. Noble job. 
Born and raised right here in San Antonio, Miss Petty has been inducted into the San Antonio Women's Hall of Fame. She's also been recognized by the National Law Journal and Texas Lawyer for her trial verdicts. Michelle, thank you for joining us today on The Wyatt Wright Show. Thank you, Wyatt. It's good to be here. Well, and we're excited to have you, and, and I know that you're a candidate for the Texas Supreme Court, and, you know, maybe you just walked into a hornet's nest because we're sitting here today talking about what uh, uh, makes a good Texas Supreme Court justice and how these folks ought to get on the bench. Now, I know that previously you were a briefing attorney at the Texas Supreme Court. What did you learn about the politics of deciding cases while you were up there? Well, what I learned was simply disgusting. One day when I was at the Texas Supreme Court, as having written opinions for the court, one of those judges came up to me and said, Michelle, the name of the game is you reward your friends and you punish your enemies. My goodness. I I mean, it was just shocking to me. And he thought it was funny that I was shocked by it, that I was a naive little Baylor lawyer. Well, 27 years later, I'm not naive anymore. But the problem is, is that although the faces have changed, although the names on the court have changed and the party in power has changed, the system is the same. There, 60 Minutes did a uh, segment, Is Justice for Sale in Texas, 25 years ago. I remember. And... You know, the things that were wrong 25 years ago are wrong today. There hasn't been one change in how we get our judges. And the reality is, is that when you run as a judge, you're a politician. You've got to get down and dial for dollars if you want to have any chance of of running a, a credible campaign. Yeah. Well, that, what you said makes sense about being uh, a politician. In fact, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, a uh, former uh, justice on the United States Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, once said that people who live in states with partisan judicial elections, such as we have here in Texas, are more likely to believe that judges are just, quote, politicians in robes, uh, and thus judges are, are more distrusted. Is that true? It is true. And really, I mean, there's there's been some stuff on the Internet that show judges uh, ought to be wearing their sp- corporate affiliate sponsorships on their robes like the NASCAR drivers. Oh my I mean, goodness. it's it's that bad. Yeah. And in fact, one judge, um, he actually got in trouble for an ethics violation okay. and he ran up a huge, nearly a half a million dollar legal bill. Oh my so what did he do? He runs around and he solicits money from the people whose cases are pending in the court. And that's all legal. Oh it's my all goodness. okay. And guess what? The guys who contribute, according to Texas Watch, the guys who contributed five grand or more won eight out of nine times. Amazing. Isn't that shocking? I mean... You know, that's a yeah. pretty good investment. Sure it is. I mean, it seems to, to run against logic to believe that campaign contributions won't be rewarded in future cases, and yet we're allowing that to continue. I'd like to get your thoughts on this statement, and, and I think it's fantastic, but maybe maybe it's apropos here or, or works. Uh, the late California Supreme Court Justice Otto Kaus, uh, he said that ignoring money's influence on electoral pressure would be just like, quote, ignoring a crocodile in your bathtub. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible to do, isn't it? Well, judges are human beings. I mean, my goodness. Do you think any law firm gives you 30 grand uh, just for the, just, just to be fair? No. They want you to give them a civil equivalent of a get out of jail free card. Gotcha. I mean, when you're striking a, a, a juror or where you're selecting a jury, you don't want a juror who's going to be fair. You want a juror who's going to vote for your client. 
I mean, let's be realistic here. Sure, and and so that's what's happening uh, at the judicial level. And, you know, as if common sense isn't enough, because in in something like this, it's so egregious, you'd think that common sense would be enough. But uh, studies support this. There's a 2009 study published in the Duke Law Journal, and it concluded that contributions from interest groups are associated with increases in the probabilities that judges will vote for the litigants favored by those interest groups. Now, we think that's common sense, but that's exactly what we see here in Texas. The empirical data shows it. Uh, Ms. Petty, is this something that has been bad all along in Texas, or is this something that's getting worse? Well, it's it's been bad, and it's getting worse. And we have a situation that, that just happened. One of the outrageous things, I mean, the, the whole purpose of having elected judges, okay. supposedly, sure. is, is to have them accountable to the people. Right. But these people, these judges are not accountable to Texans anymore, or they feel like they're so bulletproof. It's been a 9-0 court for nearly, a Republican court, for nearly two decades. Wow. And so, uh, basically, uh, this last couple of weeks ago, they decided against the people of Texas, and they're taking away the people's right of access to beaches. Hmm. Because where the Hurricane Rita came and swept some of the beach away sure. historically and under the open beaches act the beach has moved okay. with regard you know as the tide goes sure sure and so the private property begins where the, the um vegetation line is All right. not anymore not anymore according to these guys and they and they ruled in favor of a california investor oh wow and and you know what? I mean, if, if the people of Texas don't vote against the judges who voted against the people of Texas, they're going to keep getting more of the same. Sure. You know, I was down a couple of weeks ago at um, the new beautiful and way overdue Tejano Monument at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. And what's really sad is that Tejanos are not getting justice from across the street at the Texas Supreme Court. In just the last year alone, four major decisions came down from the court that threw Latinos, Latino individuals, families, and even Latino businesses under the bus, took away jury verdicts, took away trial court judgments, even took away Republican panel, all Republican panel courts of appeals decisions, took them away. Yeah. Uh, they, and, they have never met an insurance company they didn't that love. They didn't like. We're going to get back to that. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the White Right Show, a program where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. And you mentioned that concept. Uh, by the way, we're joined uh, today by Michelle Petty, a candidate for the Texas Supreme Court, uh, an esteemed uh, trial lawyer, a uh, board-certified trial lawyer in San Antonio, Texas. And you were talking about this this concept of separation of powers and how that made sense. And, and we do. We have that in America. And, and the, the it seems like the, the thread behind that or the purpose is to insulate courts from the politics that go on in the other branches of government. But that doesn't work in Texas because we don't have an impartial court anymore. Their elections are being funded by the mega corporations too. True? Absolutely. I mean, technically they can't accept a corporate donation, but they accept it from PACs. Got it. Which is the same thing. So sure. it's just, it's a loophole as big enough to, to drive uh, a 
super aircraft carrier through. Well, let's I talk mean, it's about just the, ridiculous. Yeah, and let's talk about the qualifications really quickly. Tell us what the qualifications are necessary to become a justice on the Texas Supreme Court. You got to be at least 35 years old and okay. you have to have been licensed for 10 years. Okay. That's it. Okay, so That's but where's it. the part about uh, having a particular amount of experience or or being uh, legally savvy in a particular area of law? Where's where are those requirements? Nada. Those you can exist. have a complete and utter idiot. As long, if they have passed the bar, and they may have been you know, the lowest of the low grade in okay. passing the bar, they can sit on the Texas Supreme Court. Okay, so they don't even have to have experience in a particular area of law, no, for instance. Nothing. Uh-huh. They don't have to be board certified. No. They don't have to do any of that. Uh, okay, well. And in you, fact, only two of the sitting justices sure. on the entire nine-person panel of the Texas Supreme Court okay. are actually board certified. Two. And, and so that's part of the reason why you're probably having some of these ridiculously absurd rulings. These yeah. are folks who, you know, were not the cream of the crop. Sure. These are folks who, you know, I mean, the, the reality is we have a system now where we can find out, do these people know the law? We have a board certification process. The people have to take an exam that's much tougher than the bar examination. They have to have proved in civil trial law that they've actually tried cases, that they know the rules of evidence, that they okay. know the rules of procedure, and they have to be recommended by their peers. Now, if a judge can't be board certified, okay. should they really be sitting on the court making the laws and determining what the law is for the whole state of Texas? Well, you know, it it's interesting because one of the things, too, that strikes me as as being suspect is that we seem to have this lockstep movement at the Supreme Court. So not only are we dealing with all nine justice from one, justices rather from one political party, but it, we tend to see this group think that goes on. Uh, and so the, the opinions that come out, although there is a, the odd dissent here or there, tend to be uh, many uh, in, in the law, we call it plurality decisions, or, but they're decisions that everybody agrees with or ones where there's no dissent. Does that bother you as a, as a trial attorney, seeing the fact that we don't have good quality discussion of the law? Instead, we've got lockstep opinions. It's a real problem. I mean, there is no voice for the people of Texas sitting on that court. None of the people who are on that court are, are the kind of people who have been in the trenches and represented welfare mothers, represented uh, people who couldn't afford to pay them okay. consistently, who've been out there trying cases, who've seen the, the uh, devastating effects of a workers' comp injury where a person can't go back to work, or have seen the devastating effects of somebody who can't get a job, who's been blackballed yeah. by a mega corporation. Right. And so, you know, they they don't have that frame of reference. And so these individuals who could never afford to give $5,000 to a judicial candidate, they have no voice on the court. And it's tragic. Don't these Texans deserve equal justice? Well, that's a good point. And you're also, when you talk about the demographic makeup, too, one has to wonder whether or not this even satisfies the the, the Voting Rights Acts, the things that require uh, us. In fact, one of the reasons that many of our large cities have single-member districts instead of at-large elections is to get better representation. Is that maybe something we ought to consider for the Texas Supreme Court? It's definitely something we need to consider because there are certain geographic areas of Texas Never get represented on the Supreme right, Court. Right. I mean, those people have no voice, no representation on the court whatsoever. And so you you have uh, minority groups who may have an appointee put on the court, but 
when you look at the Voting Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act says, are they getting representation? And the minorities in Texas are actually, all of the decisions that have come down in the last 12 years are contrary to minority interests. And so they are not getting represented. And yes, it probably does violate the Voting Rights Act, but it's certainly something that in all fairness to real, living, breathing, human being Texans that we should address. Sure. And that makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Justice for All the Wyatt Wright Show. We're pointing out today and talking about the way our Texas Supreme Court justices are elected. We're joined in studio today by Attorney Michelle Petty, a candidate for the Texas Supreme Court. Now, uh, Ms. Petty, we have the jury system in America and here in Texas. It's a great system. The concept, of course, is that the members of the jury have final say over the facts of a case, and and that rests with 12 good citizens, 24 uh, eyes and 24 ears are really the ultimate lie detector. We've seen this Supreme Court in past sessions uh, uh, eviscerate that role and take away the jury verdicts. Aren't these decisions of juries supposed to be sacred? And is there something that we need to be doing differently? Yes, they are supposed to be sacred. The court is not supposed to, by the Constitution, they are not supposed to substitute their decision. Because you know what? They didn't get to see that person shirk or roll his eyes or see the sweat beat up on his face. You know, they don't get to see that body language that the jury gets to see. And you know what? CEOs of corporations can sit on juries, too. Jurors work very hard. They give up their day, They and they really pay attention. And it is a civic duty. And they take, my experience is that they take their job very, very seriously. And this Texas Supreme Court just rips that jury verdicts to shreds. Right. I mean, any time they can, they will overturn a jury verdict. Yeah, and, and, and it's scary because we see the types of cases that it's done in, and it's in consumer cases where you've got the, uh, the, the, the mega corporation on the other side and the individual Texan on the other. You mentioned the Open Beaches Act ruling a little while ago. It seems that where ordinary Texans are concerned, they tend to get trampled on over and over again by this Supreme Court. Uh, uh, Michelle, listen, one advocacy group here in Texas has said, quote, Texans deserve a Supreme Court willing to stand up to the special interests, not one that hides behind them, end quote. How should, and I know you're a candidate and I'm interested in this, how should a newly elected justice on the Texas Supreme Court go about doing just that? Well, I mean, you have to examine each case. You have to read each case and and do your best to always look at the, the rules of civil procedures that say this is about justice. This is about doing what is the right thing. And, I mean, this court doesn't seem to be concerned about that um, because, I, I mean, as – Alex Winslow from uh, sure. Texas, Texas uh, Watch has said, yeah. injustice abounds. Yeah. Injustice abounds from the decisions that have come down. I mean, it, it it's just, it's tragic some of the things that they've done just in the last year. Um, in, a, in a, for example, in a, in a premises liability case, right. a slip and fall at a hospital. Okay. The court threw this poor man out. He got absolutely nothing. Why? Because they said, oh, this is a medical malpractice act. What? Are you kidding? The guy falls on the ground because there's a slippery substance on the floor. It has nothing to do with medical medical malpractice. It has to do. So, so he's denied unequal justice as if he had, if he had fallen at the grocery store. Sure. You know, he would be under a separate set of rules. But here, 
his lawyer didn't submit an expert witness report within 120 days. Why? Because it wasn't a malpractice case. But the Supreme Court says, oh, you sued a hospital. Well, therefore, it's a malpractice case and you lose. So what, what, oh what, God. yeah. And, and what about, what about maintaining a floor, uh, requires the special, uh, uh, technicalities that being a surgeon requires? It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it's absurd. In it's fact, absurd. uh, rape victim. I mean, it happens in nursing homes. Okay, it happens sure. in hospitals. I've looked at cases, and now they're saying that's medical malpractice. Amazing. Are you kidding? Yeah. And these are just examples of the types of opinion that seem to go really far afield. And we've talked about many of them on the show, and we're going to continue to talk about those because those are the types of things that Texans need to know about. You're running for the Texas Supreme Court. Tell me this. Uh, are there, and we, we already know the makeup of the court right now, it's, it's nine folks of one political party. Are there other folks out there who are running against uh, some of these incumbents in these races, or are there any? Is it just I'm the, you? I'm the lone Democrat. You're the lone Democrat. I'm the lone Democrat. Right. So there running. are there are other Republicans vying for the seats. There are other Republicans vying for the seats against other incumbents, but I not see. against uh, Justice Hecht, who has been on the on that court for 18 years. And you kind of wonder, well, geez, you know, should term limits apply? Yeah, what about term Especially limits? Especially if you have a judge should- who starts to feel like he's bulletproof because he doesn't have to pay his $29,000 ethics fine. I see. And he can get a judicial conduct commission finding that he persistently and willfully violated the code of judicial canons and the, the judicial ethics. Uh, that he can get overturned. So, you know, I mean, basically he you know, appears to uh, believe that he can act with impunity. Uh, well, that's that's a horrible state of affairs. And I'm afraid that that's the type of thing that we see every every Friday when these opinions come out. We see these decisions that continue to eviscerate Texans rights. And and I'll tell you that the common thread, the theme that we keep hearing with our guests on this show is, by golly, people have got to get to the polls. They've got to get to their legislators. They've got to make sure that if we're going to make a difference in this state, it begins at the ballot box and it begins with making a nuisance of our of those people who we elect to be uh, in our leadership positions, and I'm sure that you support that. I do support accountability for judges, sure. and and I mean that's what we we just aren't seeing that. And part of it is most people don't know how their rights have been pulled back and chiseled away over the last Got dozen it. years. Well, listen, Michelle, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Michelle Petty uh, joining us here in studio. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, Michelle Petty is a board-certified San Antonio attorney. She's currently a candidate for the Texas Supreme Court. Her trial work includes representing victims of child molestation, sexual assault, and sexual harassment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not about political parties. We need a Supreme Court that makes a difference in Texas. We're going to have to wrap up this show today, but as you go through your week, remember... Learned Hand so famously said, if we're to keep our democracy, thou shalt have one commandment, don't ration justice. I said it wrong. Find out next week how it's supposed to be done. Come visit us on Facebook. See us online, whiterightshow.com. See you next week. Bye.